What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, October 24th, 2019. I am one of your hosts, Imran Khan, and joining me today is FM3 underscore the one and only Fran Mirabella the third. Fran, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Imran. Your intro, I always love it. <laughs> I would so all, nice. You give I, all the credit. Yeah, all the credit, but I don't have that much time to talk to you about how you're doing. <laughs> no, because yeah, we'll, we have we'll a, a news-packed today. day today. Holy shit, on Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live, right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, where we run you through all the nerdy video game news that's fit to listen to. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. To be part of the show, head to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, where bronze members or above get to write in, and silver members or above get the show ad free. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames or listen later by searching through Kind of Funny Games daily on podcast services around the globe. Today's stories include The Last of Us 2 has been delayed, Persona 5 Scramble has been detailed, and Dying Light has been left for dead. But first, a little housekeeping before we get to any of that. Extra Life is Saturday, November 2nd. 24 hours of games for charity. Join us now at kindoffunny.com slash extra life or watch on the day as we prostrate ourselves for charity. What's good new or what's good games is having a meet and greet in West Fargo, North Dakota on Friday, October 25th. That's tomorrow. It's at the Barcode Bar and Grill at 835 23rd Avenue East at 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. tomorrow. Christmas comes early to Fargo because Joey Noel, Andrea Renee, and Brittany will be there. You can find more details at what's good underscore games on Twitter. They're also doing their extra life themselves on Saturday, October 26th, the very next day, starting at 12 p.m. Central. It benefits the Sanford Children's Hospital and has prizes like video games, gaming headsets, and more. You can watch that at twitch.tv slash what's good games, youtube.com slash what's good games, or be there in person at the eGames Central in Fargo, North Dakota. We want to thank our Patreon producers, Blackjack and Mohammed Mohammed. And today we're brought to you by Third Love and Upstart, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> it's time for some news. We got seven stories today? A baker's dozen. Let's start with late breaking news. The Last of Us 2 has been delayed to, to May. This is from the PlayStation blog and written by Neil Druckmann. Let me cut to the chase and get the news out of the way. The Last of Us Part 2 has a new release date of May 29th, 2020. I know. It was just a month ago when we had our big blowout for the game, letting media play over two hours of it along with debuting our new story trailer and revealing the release date. The positive response we saw from our community was overwhelming. You can feel the energy among the team members. After working on something for so many years, it's invigorating to get a glimpse of validation for all the hard work. However, it was during the last few weeks as we were closing out sections of the game that we realized we simply don't have enough time to bring the entire game up to a level of polish we would call Naughty Dog quality. At this point, we were faced with two options, compromise parts of the game or get more time. We went with the latter, and this new release date allows us to finish everything to our level of satisfaction while also reducing stress on the team. While we're relieved that we won't have to compromise our vision, we're disappointed that we weren't able to avoid this exact situation. We wish we could have foreseen the amount of polish we needed, but the size and scope of this game got the better of us. We hate disappointing our fans, and for that, we're sorry. We hope that you understand that this additional time ensures that The Last of Us Part Two lives up to our collective ambition as well as our commitment to the highest level of quality. We know the extra few months will add to what we may to what may already be an excruciating weight for all of us. We are grateful for your patience and continued support. Come next May, 
you will finally rejoin Ellie in The Last of Us Part 2 from Neil. Really quick. Mm-hmm. Because oh, everybody Real quick. Here he comes. Everybody keeps asking because there is a bet made between Gary Wooda, Andrea Rene, and myself mm-hmm. about when this would come out and the release date. I forget what Gary said. It was sometime in January. Uh, I was March 20th. And so with the original release date, I was the closest, so originally I won. Right. But with this new delay, Andrea's the winner of the pizza bet, so stop asking Ooh. me on Twitter. There it is. <laughs> stop okay, asking. Okay, Andrea's the winner now. Also, this now comes out a week before my wedding, so that's going to be really <laughs> fucking stressful. Yeah. Do you think Neil Druckmann did this just to spite you personally? Just to fuck with me. Yeah. yeah. On two, uh, two accounts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like oh, yeah. you're yeah. gonna have to finish the last of us two that week. Like there's no right? real way around it. Well, I might just have to wait until after the wedding at this point. I bear that's you, that's just silly. What are you talking? No, about? I you got should a wedding probably, plan. You should <laughs> probably wait. You, you should wait until after your wedding. Uh, I think there's two two things to discuss here. Uh, how do you feel about it? How do we feel about it? And what do we think happened? I'm gonna that second thing. Maybe is just me, but mm-hmm. I'm like, what sort of what happened? Maybe start with the first part. What do you? How do you feel about this? You know, I'm big perso- game, big yeah. delay. I'm personally fine with it. Like. De- games get delayed for polished reasons all the time. Yeah, it's and not it's a like, new like yeah. concept. I'd rather they do this than think like, oh shit, we need to get it out before end of the financial year because there's concerns about pre-orders being taken and that being shifted over. This is Sony saying, hey, we can like, I guess Naughty Dog saying and Sony acquiescing. Like, yeah, if you need the well, more time, let's do go for it. Yeah, but yeah, before the speculation on maybe what happened, I was just like, how do you just personally feel? It sounds like it doesn't. You know, bother you that much. It doesn't bother, like... It's going to bother yeah. a lot of people, but I'm in your camp. Yeah. Last of Us 1 was six years ago. I'm good. I know. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's kind of how I feel. I'm like, I've waited so long that, um, you know, they basically need, uh, what is that, three more months? And I'm like, it's another three months, um, and I want the game to be as best as possible. You know, any artist working on something, you know, I usually, at this point, right, it being so long, I'm like... Right. Take the time you need. Like if it, it could be like whatever. If it was an album, you know, it's like we need just a little more time to finish it up. I'm like, fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want Tool to like put out the album early. You know, until they feel that it's right. Yeah, and you can't um, patch an album, Kanye West aside, to <laughs> be like to fix the glaring problems. In yeah, it. you don't like, want to have it. It ruins it. Yeah. though. the. And a lot of developers game. do do that. Of like, we need to get the shit out in March because Ugh, the quarter, the, the financial year, or whatever. Like those, are, we need to get those out immediately or before the end of that time, and then fix it later. Right? Yeah. Like but, even Borderlands yeah. even went through this. Like I don't think it was as much. You know, that took a long time too. Mm-hmm. But you got to wonder. You know, like as they were closing in on the date, if they're like, honestly, maybe this coming February, like the stability issues we had at launch and stuff like that, maybe yeah. it would have been better. And as gamers, it would have been so much better for us. So meaning, I definitely as a gamer, I'm fine waiting in three months. I've you know I've always got more Destiny to play. Uh, and and many other things are out there, so I'm okay with it. On the personal note, like going back to that, I am very glad that Hell Season does not begin in February now. That what doesn't begin? The Hell Season of game releases. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, I, I think it's like a three-month period where this, Final Fantasy VII, uh, yeah, what else? Right. Animal Crossing, Doom, Cyberpunk, and a bunch of other shit. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong to tell us. Yeah. Cyberpunk is April. That's April, yeah. But it's like, but February, March, April is intense. Yeah, we should look at those big, big games coming out now. But yeah, I'm more than happy to to personally have the space. Yeah, push this off a little bit. I could use the extra time off after, especially what's going on right now. Like the number of games we're playing. Right. Yeah, we're in a nice position. Uh, Barrett, how do you feel? I mean, yeah, like, like, 
Other Again, than your wedding, is, remove the, that equation. Yeah, r- removing that from the equation, uh, yeah, to avoid crunch and to make sure that they make the the product that they want to make. Like, yeah, uh, by all means, delay your game. Uh, and, yeah, that season is fucking chaotic already with um, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Cyberpunk, and, like, mm-hmm. all that stuff in that window. So uh, this at least uh, makes that specific area of their original release date a little, little lighter. Not by much, but a little bit. Yep. Or, uh, so, yeah. I'm, so, I'm all for it. So, now this may be just be me speculating, but I'm like, okay, wait a minute. And Neil even addresses a little bit. They're like, we just had this launch event, mm. or, sorry, reveal event for the press. Um, you didn't go to that, did you? I did not. Me neither. Uh, none of us in the room did. But uh, Greg went down there. Mm. Uh, Andrea, Renee, from What's Good, was down there. And anyway, had a good time, and they announced the release date, and here we are, like, what? Within a month? Yeah. And it got delayed. Now that says something to me that feels like <laughs> that's like wait a second when they say polish i am naturally assuming they don't mean oh there's a weird animation here i think <laughs> no. it means like hey something broke something broke in a very bad way that maybe people aren't gonna see see that okay yeah that's a good perspective i'm in a different camp i think they've been fighting and fighting and fighting trying to not have to release in february mm-hmm. and and who knows this i'm making this up i've heard i have no sources on this but uh, you see it a lot, and like they, they had a release date that barely made the end of Sony's fiscal year, which right. ends in March. It's not just quarterly sales, it's the entire fiscal year for 2019 for Sony, and that would be a lot of you know, dough um, you know, in the bank. And so um, anyway, you know, would have given it a month. And now they're like, all right, now you're in the next fiscal year, when mm-hmm. PlayStation 5's releasing. Um, so anyway, I think whatever happened, I, I couldn't say, but I feel like personally that... They won the war, so to speak. Right. I feel like somebody was out there, and maybe with the release date too. The studio was like, they all like had heard maybe, but it all you know maybe it came together as they were making the announcement over the last month and a half or whatever. That when they told the studio, maybe the studio's like, oh my god, like the crunch is gonna kill us mm-hmm. in the holiday. And so I'm making all this up, but I feel like that's the scenario: holiday crunch. Studios yeah. like we this is an awesome game, but this is gonna be a problem if you don't give us this extra few months. I mean, holiday crunch is a good good point to make because, like, theoretically, if they were planning to still hit that February date, they were they would be working through December the entire time. Oh yeah, they would not be getting that'd even, be the like, stretch is Christmas. Yeah, or like that's when you're pretty much finishing it up because right? that like, that game would go gold like January, January like fifteenth or something. Yeah, yeah. so it makes sense that they're like, hey, we can't work the entirety of the holiday. That seems insane. Can we just push this off a little bit? Yeah. And like three months is a fair, three months is a quarter of a year. That is not an insignificant amount of time. No, yeah. It's... So it's not. It's probably not just one thing broken. It's probably like so, th- some things definitely need some re- real hospitalization right now. Right. But that's fine. Like games are broken up until the minute they're done. Yeah, exactly. It's it, honestly games, you know, they call it naughty dog quality and it's like, man, I can't imagine trying to live up to that standard every time. Right. Cuz quite frankly, they do an amazing job. Like there's always in any game, there's little things here and there, here and there, but overall, like, oh my goodness, they mm-hmm. set a precedent in how high the bar gets, you know. It was like when God of War came out, right? We were just like, yeah. That that was I feel like naughty dog quality. That's sort of what we and saw. And even with that God game, of War. like some of the most praised parts of that game, like the Leviathan acts as a whole, like being able to summon that yeah. thing back in. Because before the last three months, that thing was just it reappeared back in your hand, and that was it. Like it yeah. just materialized back in there. Really, the yeah. actual like calling it back thing was not done until the final bit of that game. Yeah, and that's a game changer. That's a great example. Then I didn't didn't realize that, but. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, three months is actually not a lot in game development time, right? Right. But it's it's For more than a couple weeks of a small patch. Yeah. To your point, especially so. in a year where presumably they're launching, not presumably they've announced it that they're launching the PS5. That like yeah. well, supposedly, right? Yeah. So, Can you trust them anymore? I mean, I didn't realize it's studio. To, I mean, it is a Sony game, so I'm, but I'm joking, but it could also that, happen to PlayStation 5. That but. does bring up a marketing question. Mm-hmm. Because, like, let's say we're assuming now that Sony's going to have a big reveal event for the PS5 in, let's say, February, March, something like that. Ooh, yeah, I like where this is going. Do you think they were they, actually kind of butting up against each other, too? But, do you think yeah. they would show, like, hey, Last of Us is out on PS4 soon? But here's what it's going to look like if you put it in a PS5. That's what I want, and no, I don't think so. I think it's the we run into that. I've seen a lot anyway. These cross-gen games, it tends to people will then wait and not buy the game in concept. I feel like that's the marketing idea, mm. and I've seen publishers get skittish about hey, but just buy it later on PS5. So okay. I I don't think we will see hide nor hair of it at all, if it even is coming as a remaster or whatever it is to PlayStation 5. I suspect it'll come, but I think like if they wanted yeah, to, if they wanted to have a thing of actually your games don't need to be remastered, they just look like this when we built them like the Xbox One and the X enhanced kind of model. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll just yeah. look better if you put T- them in a PS5. Yeah, it's funny. Tim has this similar theory for Xbox for sure, where it's just like, look, like there's there's all the different versions, and it kind of is like this one looks better. I'm like, game developers just don't think that way though. Like same thing, right? Naughty Dog quality. I don't know that they're just gonna want to like up res it to 4K, you know, higher res textures, etc., and just pump it. But up. I mean, is it different from a PC version where you're saying like? Control has the normal, like, you can play the, Control without ray tracing, or you can turn a ray tracing yeah, switch on. no, the concept's not different. I'm saying that that's not what the developer wants. Right? The mm-hmm. developer wants to, like, fully, uh, it's brand new to them. How's the SSD going to change the way that, you know, the game works? How does it make it better? How does, you know, how, how do you take the graphics to a higher level than just turning on some lighting? Right. You know what I mean? Animation. All the on the other hand, stuff. what if that's what the three-month delay is for? Yeah, I don't think it's that, but I feel like you're you're scratching at something there that I didn't think about, which is they we we keep saying maybe there will be a PlayStation Five event in February because that is when the PlayStation Four was right. revealed, uh, late January, February. I believe it was February something. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I was thinking a Switch and it was a January. Switch was January. Yeah. Kind of, kind of funny. Dot com slash you're wrong me, um, but anyway, you might be onto something there too, which is I don't think it's why they delay the game, but maybe this was the little bit of leverage I was looking for. Maybe they were like, you know what? We got PS5 reveal to worry about, and and you guys have been fighting for this extra time. It's going to push us out of this fiscal year, which is a huge, you know, corporate fiscal concern. But mm-hmm. you know, we want it. We want our focus on PS5 or something like in that time zone. I don't know. So Jason Schreier was on Twitter this morning, and he he wrote the story very early this morning saying, "Hey, Last of Us Two is going to be delayed." Uh, he also posted that he implied that this was probably Ghost of Tsushima's release window. That Last of Us Two is being pushed into, and thus Ghost of Tsushima yeah, is being pushed back a little bit more. So, this wait when? Well, we don't know when. Ghost we don't know. So his implication was so that maybe like Ghost will it, fill it. Ghost is originally going to be year our ha- first half of the year, but now it's not. So it's going to be pushed into second half of the year now. Time out. I'm getting you're. I thought you were saying Last of Us Two might be you know butting up against the Ghost of Tsushima window, which is part of the help so that the, Last of Us got for, to push forward, but. From what everything's pushing forward yes, now? Yes, because Last of Us got delayed, they're pushing everything else forward a bit. Why? Now, that's the only thing I don't well, understand. Not, not forward, but backward, right? 
are uh, backward forward to, in the year. Yeah. For, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. You're right. Okay. We should clarify. Deeper that. into the year. Yes. Yeah. Why would it push everything else forward? Because it's marketing schedules. Yeah, and they don't want to marketing schedules, and they don't want to like demolish their other big exclusive title with The Last of Us. Well, the window between those, you know, two. So I think the clarity I was looking for is: Did people think that Ghost might release in an April or May? Maybe I don't know was, what people maybe thought. Maybe that's the thought. And so now, but yeah. Schreier's implication will, was that it would have. Gotcha. Yeah. I thought people were saying maybe it was in February, uh, but no, we, we, we'd probably know yeah. by now. Yeah. So, so now, now with uh, that uh, implication, now it's looking like Ghost is coming out closer and closer to the PS5 release, which uh, yeah, I'd say I like think it's also like, kind of weird for that game and uh, kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't have the highest level confidence that PlayStation but, 5 is coming out. 2020. I mean, it, it may. They said it like they I mean, said they've said it once. Yeah, <laughs> very recently too. But the uh, I, I guess the other thing that I mean, isn't needs too to, uh, yeah. that big of a deal is that uh, there's PS4 backwards compatibility at least with that system. So yeah. it's not that huge of a deal, but it's still a kind of awkward release. But no, now. but you're right. All the marketing stuff starts to pile up, and uh, I mean, look like the, the Last of Us is a big enough product; it can kind of go wherever it wants. But mm-hmm. yeah, Ghosts being a brand new thing that probably presents a new issue for that. And then whatever with PlayStation 5, I mean, that's going to be the biggest thing in the water once it finally lands. But I will say from a spacing perspective, this actually works out better for Sony because, like, people don't... Cons- this gives them more marketing muscle in the first quarter to put behind Final Fantasy VII because mm-hmm. that is the, a PS4 exclusive that people aren't thinking of as a PS4 exclusive, really. You're right. See... Again, that's what I was looking for. So I'm like, what was it that pushed this over the edge? And a mm-hmm. comment like that, a comment like the PS5 reveal event, it's like, oh, yeah, Final Fantasy, it's going to be a huge system seller if you haven't bought it yet. Or it's just going to you know, be more money in our pocket because it's going to sell like hotcakes. Yeah. Uh, even if it's not the first party, Sony gets a cut of every copy sold, obviously. Right. So, so like that being only that being the big first quarter game for Sony is good for them. Because otherwise, they're not, they're not really firing on all... Like, Iron Man is the only other example I can think of of something they've got coming in the first quarter. Yeah, and now Which, we, uh, yeah, that game seems good. It just it's a PSVR game, so yep. it's inherently limited. So interesting. Uh, it's funny. Yeah, there was some other stuff in the first quarter we're going to talk about that now got pushed out. Today is delay day, friend. <laughs> this this is later. kind of breaking news as I was putting news together this morning. So I don't have like I was listening to the Ubisoft call because I'm a weird person. Uh, Ubisoft Smart. delayed Watch Dogs Legion, Rainbow Six Quarantine, and Gods and Monsters, and I le- learned later off Twitter that it was also Roller Cage, uh, to the next fiscal year. This is from Ubisoft by Yves Guimau. Uh From an ongoing Ubisoft call, all three games will now release between April 1st, 2020, and I put March 31st, but that's not true because apparently it's before the end of 2021 for all three of them. Yves Guimau also confirmed that Ghost Recon Breakpoint has underperformed both critically and sales-wise. Yep, I saw that. Yeah, I was double-checking. According to Polygon, they said uh, they billed the delay as a decision to increase development time. Yeah, which is surprising for me with Watch Dogs, because that game has been in development for quite a while. I think it was in development since before Watch Dogs 2 finished. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can believe that though. You can just switch into anybody's. Yeah, body. that that is not a game that is like <laughs> easily concepted or executed, yeah. honestly. Uh, but what do you think? Like they're this. It doesn't feel like a panicky move, but it does feel like to delay everything that's coming out this financial year is surprising. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a big hit. I was just you know looking at uh, I'm looking at Games Radar's video game release date list and. Mm-hmm. 
you know, Watch Dogs was, I don't know if it was March 6th. Yeah. That's what it has here. Uh, that was the date they gave it E3. You know, Gods and Monsters. Was that February 25th, actually? Because that's what it says on here. I I would, that, that sounds about too, right. Yeah. Right? That got pushed. That got pushed as well. And Rainbow Six, that was the... Um, Quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. And Roller Cage I don't know if we had a, was also that other one. They were... Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, they were all packed in that same time. Again, similar scenario where it's like, look, we want this revenue at the end of the fiscal year. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, they've now arrived at like, look, it's, it's not going to happen. So sometimes uh, the truth is, and it's a good reminder for folks who don't follow it as closely, curious if you think this is accurate, but uh, very often publishers and developers to keep finance you know the financial uh in investors happy they'll be like yeah we're gonna make that quarter mm -hmm. six months you know out we'll make it yeah as it gets closer they're like yeah we're not gonna make it so they keep you on the line um as close to this when they can and then they kind of give you the warning shot yeah when you get up close i, I see that happen all the time i mean gods like, and monsters they probably yeah. knew some of this stuff wasn't gonna make it is what i'm saying yeah. gods and monsters is not gonna be like a huge thing yeah Honestly, Rainbow Six Quarantine would have been like, I'm sure people would have liked it, but it wasn't going to be a big seller. Watch Dogs is the big one. Of yeah. they really, I'm sure they did not want to delay this thing. I would agree with that. So this is, this is actually one where I think, oh, something must be broken. Yeah. And again, like broken is so relative. It's just like, well, like I think it's the same thing. They're like, you know, fighting for time. And it's like, we need you at the end of the fiscal year. They're like, guys, this is so ambitious. Yeah. And also maybe you look at how Breakpoint Division uh, underperformed a bit. And like, do you want more situations like that? Mm -hmm. Do you want watchdogs to now underperform? Or do we bank more on 2020? Yeah. At this point in the development cycle is probably when like early mock reviews start coming in. Where like they start seeing what people think of it, and maybe it just isn't gelling well. That's like w that's one possibility. Yeah, yeah, that happens all the time too. Yeah, like they they get feedback, and yeah, people playing as as much as the games has developed at this point, it's quite a bit actually, mm -hmm. uh, and they start to lose maybe the confidence in certain things. And they're like, you know what, we do want to totally yeah. change this up. Like you said, I mean, with like, the God of War example, I didn't realize that, but like yeah. changing how the axe like comes back to you and like getting that in. I mean, there was a game changer and little things like that can go such a long right. way. And like Watch Dogs is not a series that's necessarily known for stunning quality at this point. And I think Ubisoft learned the lesson with Assassin's Creed that if you start mm -hmm. rough and then you start making quality games, those series will start doing way, way better and become core tenants. Yes. So Watch Dogs 2 did quite well, like critically. Uh, Sales-wise, it did all right, mm -hmm. but I imagine they can't afford to mess up with Watch Dogs Three, so it makes sense to just like go focus on quality first and make sure that game actually does well before you worry about anything else. Yep. So yeah, whatever. All these companies, uh, I'm more than happy to hear. They got to take a little bit of fiscal, um, you know, bruising mm -hmm. and push it into this next fiscal year for them. Which again, as gamers, we don't have to worry about. But that really determines a lot of these release dates, and it's for the quality of the games, <clears throat> and also the you know the the life of the gamers' you yeah. know enjoyment. So I'm always going to be in favor of a delay unless it seems suspect, right? And again, it gets it out of that quarter, which is very nice for everyone who actually has to play a bunch of games. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice right. problem to have. Fortnite's The End event set Twitch record for concurrent viewers of a single game. This is from GamesIndustry.biz by Reb Valentine. Fortnite's chapter-closing The End event last week saw 1.7 million people watching a nondescript swirling black hole concurrently on Twitch at one point. 
breaking a Twitch record for most concurrent users watching a single game category. Speaking to the Washington Post, Twitch confirmed the record-breaking figure. It's worth n- pointing out this is a record-breaking figure for a single game category, but another category not att- attached to individual games may have done better. Last year's E3 2018 also broke the record for total concurrent viewers across all, titch, all of Twitch, sawing... N- Oh, sorry. Saw nearly 1.8 million concurrent viewers in the E3 2018 category, according to Twitch stats. The numbers get even higher on YouTube. Global head of gaming and virtual reality for the company, Ryan Wyatt, tweeted during the event when he saw 4.3 million concurrent viewers watching Fortnite during the event. And on Twitter, the stream hit 1.4 million concurrent viewers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is the thing where last week they're like, the game's ending, we're... Sucking everything into a black hole, and they like took it down for the maintenance period to put a, yeah. that story around it. It turns out it was probably the best way to do it because it got everyone very, very focused on Fortnite. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't just like a new season and a new chapter. They mm. literally brought the game offline and kept it offline and just in a mysterious shroud of this black hole. Right, which was you know everybody was saying at the time. They're like, all right, well. Kind of genius marketing. Yeah. Like, do you think everyone think else so. is going to copy this now? Though, is like the next Apex Legends thing going to be like, oh shit, a dinosaur stomped our map? No, yeah, I think you can't copy that. Uh, as when you're, that would be pretty lame. Sure, they could mm-hmm. do it, but mm-hmm. I, I think they also kind of sucked up a little bit of the energy in the room on this one. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't just like bring your game offline and and show like a black screen now for an extended period of time. Like, you got to do something more original than that. I mean, do you though? Like, if it's a thing that works, you, why not just Try it and like. What, what would be a good example? I mean, I would use Destiny, of course, but would you have an example of? Uh, I mean, let, let's say, for example, Borderlands. Okay. And like, they just put up a a thing of claptrap saying, uh, "Oh, uh, Sanctuary <laughs> shut down for the next like whatever." Or we right. Sanctuary's the engine's dead. It's we can't go anywhere. Just saying, like the ship's down. He, he yeah. does the voice. Um, yeah, so the ship's uh, unusable. I mean, Borderlands is not that a, kind of game, but yeah, like, time. yeah, yeah, we're just making stuff up on the fly. Like, because you've seen that cube in Borderlands, right? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, once before I f- actually looked up what to do with the cube, yeah. I was like, I wonder if that's a thing that's just going to set up a future event somewhere. Oh, interesting. And, like, that would be cool if you start doing it that way mm-hmm. of these are these things that have no explanation in the game, but in the future they might do something with an event. So, if you start tying future mechanics and future patches and updates and all that, two thematic elements in the game, I think that's where this is going. Well, I believe that for sure that's where that stuff is going. In other words, um, you know, games are learning from especially what Fortnite's been doing with live service stuff. So putting stuff in the game that leads to stuff later that is built into the narrative. But the game's online. You know, it's just like in Destiny right now, they're building something in the tower, for example, right? And mm-hmm. it's it's part of the narrative and um, you had to be there to see it sort of thing. But it's, I, I agree, that type of stuff. But the original question was like taking the whole thing offline. Yeah, that so I, I was like, I, that, like, I, I assume that, because you have to have the game offline for it, some things anyway. Yeah. Like if you're going to add a new map to Apex, the game has to go down for a bit. So why not just tie it thematically to a thing? Yeah. And like get get some eyes on your... Maybe not do it immediately, like not this week, obviously, but in six months when they need to like have that big update, it makes sense to do it. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't want to see a pure copycat, but yeah, maybe come up with something, uh, something else. I feel like <laughs> once you have a battle royale game in the first place, like the, the genre rules are already fluid enough that if anyone calls you a copycat, then like what are you going to point to? Like, hey, this is all just battle royale in the first place. Who cares? Yeah. 
Uh, oh. Fran, really quick, you said mm-hmm. shroud uh, as a word in a very normal con- uh, context. I know that word, shroud, on but Twitch. But breaking news. What? Shroud has announced his move to Mixer no way. Twitch in an exclusive streaming deal. What? Yep. They got Shroud? I wonder how out. much they paid him. A lot. <laughs> that, like the, the, these are, that's a serious acquisition on top of yeah. Ninja already, but I was like, I didn't expect more to come. Right. No. Like, and those deals are good for Microsoft because now they have built-in things of like, hey, when we want to show more Halo Infinite stuff or just like a new Gears patch or whatever, they have people who they're paying to show it. Yeah, wow, this is uh, definitely, that's breaking news. Uh, yeah. Good, good timing with the Twitch story, Barrett. Yep. Well done. Twitch um, is probably I'd very try. pissed. I'm oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they've had their chance to, you know, come back, I'm sure, and, and make a counter offer. Right. So I've, I, I've, assuming their agents are always going back and being like, look, like, this is what's going on. I don't on, think but... they want to engage in this kind of war, honestly. Of, like, yeah, they don't. For... They're huge. Yeah. As well, they're I mean, owned by Amazon, but I don't think they want to like pay forty-seven million dollars or whatever the hell they paid Ninja or Microsoft paid Ninja. Yep. To stream exclusively on Mixer, like they're not going to have that it, for Twitch. Yeah, it's a big move for Mixer, uh, not necessarily a big loss for Twitch. Now, what I mean by that is, uh, what I would say is a big loss for the fans. Absolutely, like being able to browse the directory and have Shroud and have Doctor Disrespect, right? Have you know Ninja? Have I'm just naming like big people, but like. It's got a lot of big people. It's got a lot of big games and esports events. So there's a lot to watch. So the more that some of that siphoned off, it gets more difficult for the fans, right? Right. It's like now I got to watch this where, and or you got to make a new home. And and it is a community. You know, um, I've been streaming four years now, and that was the thing that I learned more than anything. I was like, man, people are watching people play games. This was many many years ago, and I was like, I don't know how long can you do that, but. I learned it was so much about the community. Mm-hmm. So this really starts to tear up the community. So um, I wonder awesome how many of Ninja's fans followed him. I mean, quite a bit concurrently. You see what happens is the engaged user base comes with you. Yeah. So a lot of your really engaged subs and like meaning when I've been watching his concurrence, uh, Ninja still getting you whatever, 20,000 or, and on Mixer, that's a monstrous number. Mm-hmm. So that's a big, yeah. it's a big move. It's um, a big gain for Microsoft. I, I wonder if it's worth the money. But for Microsoft? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know that it's going to be actionable. And I wonder for these folks, too, like, they must know more about the long-term plan. I keep wondering if it has something to do with I mean, Xbox like, Scarlet. Yeah, it's a vertical integration thing of, like, yeah. Mixer feeds into the marketing and the consoles and the PC stuff. So if they get that thing off the ground, even just, like, they get it normalized. If they mm-hmm. get it to say, like, hey, you get... Like Microsoft stuff is coming with Mixer integration mm-hmm. for the next like console. Then, it's if it sounds normal to people. If it's not just hey, this is just a weird competitor to Twitch. Yeah. Then it works in their favor for other things. Yep. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm wondering if we're gonna see you know the new dashboard and stuff with Xbox highlighting streaming oh, is sure. a bigger yeah. thing, and they might be telling the them. current one does. Like I tried to figure out how to Twitch or stream from Twitch on. Xbox mm-hmm. One, and it is such a pain in the I'm ass. I'm sure they've made it more difficult. Yeah. Mixer, however, <laughs> very easy. You can do it, it from the home button. Yeah. But, like, on the home page for Xbox, it doesn't uh, show, like, Mixer playing live or anything right now. It does right? not, as no. far as I know. There's a ta- uh, tab over, whatever it is, and I think yeah. you can put the tile there, whatever. The Xbox One OS uh, sucks so much, though. Yeah, like. but, but that's what I'm wondering. <laughs> Are they moving in a direction? They've told these people, they're like, look, like... In addition to Halo coming out and blah, 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 it's going to be a big, like, front page. Yeah. You know, one of the things that you'll easily see, because I, that would boost traffic a lot. So when you log in, 
and there's some they're streaming, you know, and mm-hmm. maybe I'm, you watch it off to the side a little easier now too. The whole yeah. concept of originally Xbox One, I actually liked the Snap concept. You know, Xbox Snap Shroud on Mixer. That mm. was the original concept, and yeah. I really liked it. I reviewed the Xbox One when it first came out, by the way, and um, that was one of the features I thought made a ton of sense, but it just doesn't work right. And yeah. anyway, I'm wondering if they're moving towards that um, working right. And I, I suspect in the future, maybe the next system, maybe even on Xbox One, the idea of combining Mixer, Game Pass, and xCloud as the thing we thought Stadia was supposed to be of... Hey, here's a video. Like you're watching a video of somebody playing a game. Mm-hmm. What if you just click this button? It takes you because it's a Game Pass compatible game. Mm-hmm. You're just or sign up for these three services anyway. It'll just take you to that part in the game right now on XCloud, and you can yeah, play it I yourself. Mean, maybe they're doing that type of stuff too. Exactly. Like it makes sense to combine all these things together. So maybe these are all we're just seeing the various pieces they're putting together. Yeah. Speaking, Speaking of, of Xbox, Xbox. <laughs> former Xbox executive, and I guess super good timing schedule Mike Yabara joins Blizzard Entertainment this is from gamesindustry.biz by Matthew Handrahan former Xbox executive Mike Yabara has joined Blizzard Entertainment as executive president and general manager in a statement on Twitter Yabara said the that said only that he will start in a new role on November 4th and confirmed that he will be attending the company's annual fan convention BlizzCon great timing on that one we will work with all our energy to serve gamers with incredible content experiences Yabara said I can't wait to be a part of this team Ibarra only announced his departure from Xbox two weeks ago. He spent 20 years at Microsoft working on titles like Gears of War, Age of Empires, and Sunset Overdrive, and ultimately taking the lead on Xbox Live, Xbox Game Pass, and Mixer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, Mike Ibarra is, uh, as it says, someone who's been a staple at that company and super important to their work. So I have to um, imagine it was more about how enticing the potential growth and you see how big his position is at Blizzard, but like, I mean, that's a big move to make, um, in a time and everybody's thinking it, you know, Mm -hmm. this is the other shooter drop. It's like, Oh, you're going there now. (laughs) Like, I mean, not a great time, but I'm sure this has been in the works for a long time. Yeah, I imagine he had to compose that tweet very carefully. I'm, I, I had to imagine it's a huge bummer in that, you know, for all we know, it's been months and months that Microsoft has known, or maybe it's been a month, and, you know, the, the news was in before this stuff broke out. Yeah, with if he, he left two weeks ago, I'm, I'm positive he had this job before he left. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he most likely, unless there was a bigger issue, would have given them a pretty big heads up yeah. on um, leaving, and he would have said all this time up. So, so yeah, in the middle of all that, <laughs> now Blizzard's got all these problems, but he's he's got this really big position. Yeah, I, you know, I'm trying to think about being in that position. Like, he probably was so excited to take on this new role mm-hmm. with all the stuff that they told him off the record about what's coming and um, was probably pumped. And so it's probably a huge bummer with all this news hanging over him. But uh, I assume he genuinely is very optimistic and yeah. more than, you know, he's not canceling going to Blizzard, right? <laughs> I wonder what attending BlizzCon means. Like, is it going to be he is there? He's just in the building and he's like making deals, talking to fans, or whatever? Or is he actually going to be on the stage? Because I think if I feel he. I like he'd be on stage. Like At some point. introducing our new, you know, what our new face, Mike Ybarra. It's like a terrible time to do that, but 
if that's the job he has, then but, but, see that's now we're getting back into the whole weeds of this Blizzard mess, which is like it's not a terrible time to do it though because it's BlizzCon. When else would you do it? You True. See what I mean? Yeah. That is the place to do it. It's that for him and anybody involved. It's like and BlizzCon oh, man. in general. It's just yeah. A yeah, terrible time for they, BlizzCon. Uh, let's put it this way: when they announce maybe the next Diablo or Overwatch Two, would you say it's a terrible time to do it at BlizzCon? No, but would you say it's a terrible time? Time in general, yeah. But, yeah, I wouldn't say it's a terrible time <laughs> you know what I mean? to do it at BlizzCon. I would say it's a terrible time for BlizzCon in general to happen right now. Yes, yeah. for well, sure. Mike Ibarra has his work cut out for him now, so oh, yeah. Yeah. EVP and general manager uh, Honestly, probably like, has a lot of thoughts on how to handle BlizzCon. I'm yeah, sure. and Blizzard in general, as somebody who like was an architect of Xbox Live and Xbox Game Pass, if you're trying to go to a company that is currently building out their mm-hmm. major like esports and all that stuff, like their own launcher, all those things. Yeah, it makes sense that you want to hire Yavara. Yeah, and and interestingly, they might lean into this, which is like, oh, hey, we're mm. we're we're fixing stuff over here. Yeah, Mike is here to help. He's awesome. Mike, tell us what you wanted. And so he becomes like, hey, I wasn't part of all this originally, but I'm going to help everybody. I love gaming. I love blah, blah, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe they the lean Reggie into thing. The, yeah, yeah, maybe they lean into that narrative and get us pumped again and believing that, uh, you know, Microsoft has been on an amazing path and bringing some of that um, excitement to Blizzard. Not Speaking that Blizzard's of- not awesome overall, <laughs> except the recent issues. Speaking of being pumped, Barrett, I'm so glad you're here for this one. Persona 5 Scramble, the Phantom Strikers, launches February 20th, 2020 in Japan. This, there's a debut trailer, details, and screenshots. This is from Gamatsu by Sal Romano. Persona 5, which has sold more than 2.7 million copies, makes its long-awaited action RPG debut on PlayStation 4 and Switch. This is a completely new story set after the events of Persona 5. The game is a collaborative effort between the Persona team and Koei Tecmo's Omega Force. Half a year after the ending of Persona 5, the Phantom Thieves of Hearts get together for a summer vacation, but go wrapped up in a new incident. Mystery cases are occurring all over Japan. Palaces, the cognitive worlds of warped adults, have returned. Donning their disguises, once again, the Phantom Thieves set out to resolve the new incident. Joker is not the only protagonist of Persona 5 Scramble, the Phantom Strikers. You can directly control all members of the Phantom Thieves other than the Navigator. Switch up characters to fight as the situation calls for it. Run through the city's flow shadows with dynamic Persona summoning action. So, this is a Persona 5, the word is I always use is Musou, but for people who don't play a lot of Dynasty Warriors games, it's a Warriors game. And it's being made with Omega Force, who makes the Warriors games and the spinoffs. I, okay, let me ask you first, Barrett, what do you think of this? Uh, well, when it was first announced, right, uh, we, we thought perf- uh, P5S meant Persona 5 Switch, which... Yeah, P5S, yeah. It kind of did, because it's coming to Switch, whatever. Uh, but yeah, it's P5 Scramble. And that fir- first trailer, I w- was immediately not excited uh, mm-hmm. because because I knew it was going to be a, a Dynasty Warriors uh, like uh, gameplay, right? And uh, that stuff I'm definitely not into. Um, and so to answer, I feel Arcwing's question uh, that that that's coming up in a second. Um, their first question that they have is uh, for for myself: How do you feel about this game now that more of it has been shown? And to be honest, I'm, I'm more sold just because we're getting more story with these characters. We're, we're seeing, like, where in the, like, timeline of events that this is happening. I'm mm-hmm. glad that they're getting back together because th- that was the confusing thing for me because I knew it took place after Persona 5. But then I was like, but then how do they come back together? Because, uh, like, uh, uh, I, I don't want to get into spoilers in case you plan on playing that game at one point. 
but uh, I was interested Thank to you. see like <laughs> what the you're never gonna play that fucking game, Fran. <laughs> you're you're as fake of a fan of Persona Five as Greg Miller. They said okay? I would never watch all the Marvel movies, and I did. Okay. <laughs> um, and so I was interested to see like what the reason is, and now to know like oh it's summer vacation they're gonna all hang out and stuff. Like mm. I'm excited for a new adventure, and I will kind of push through the uh, this gameplay that I'm usually not into to, to check out the story. And who knows, maybe this sells me on this type of gameplay for at least IP that I'm interested in. Right. Uh, may, maybe, uh, and looking at little the little gameplay bits um, in the trailer that came out, it looks it looks fun, more fun in a presentation wise, at least for me than uh, I, I I would say the Dynasty Warriors games yeah. are. I know a lot of people who are like Zelda fans that got into it because of Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, so. I was gonna bring that up. Yeah, I, was, uh, I, I tried Hyrule Warriors, and I think that game is a garbage trash fire. Uh, so I really like Hyrule like Warriors. Like yeah, uh, but oh, I like man. I like Musou games in general. So like I've been interested in this when yeah. I saw it. My worry is. So I I really love Persona Four, like okay. probably my favorite Persona game. Okay. Uh, I started really disliking that world as I played more Persona Five or Persona Four spinoffs. Mm, so like once by the time I got to Persona Four Ultimax, I was like, this Ultimax. is I I'm done with these characters. I don't need to see them anymore because as they started writing them more and more, it became okay. Here's that. Here's, here's this one character. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's this, here's Chie who was a very like involved. Uh, expanded character over time that had a full character arc yeah. that now she's just like, I love meat and I love kung fu. Uh, yeah, I, I guess the, like, as far as Persona 5 spinoffs, not even counting Roya, uh, Royal, Royale, whatever, um, because it's uh, more of the original game, uh, this this might be all that I check out because, mm-hmm. I, again, not getting into uh, spoilers, I really love the ending of Persona Five and like where they like where you let go of those characters. Right. Um, so like I'm right now I'm in the mood like I'm down for like all right let's get the gang back together for one more thing and then probably after that I'm like I'm cool and then yeah. I'll just uh, play Persona Five Royale whenever it comes to the U S and whenever this comes to the U S. So so cool, what do you make whatever. of this being based on Persona Five and not Persona Five Royal because there's the new characters are not in it like Kasumi. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I'm not like invested in those characters yet so i don't mm-hmm. like i i don't think i can like really comment or uh i i don't think i really care and i think that's probably why like do we have a date on royal uh yet for japan at least uh yeah, japan is no japan is like this next month i believe oh, or it's sometime this year persona oh maybe i was thinking it was because in america it's 2020 we do have the uh, release date. Maybe it is April over here, and that's mm-hmm. what I was thinking. We definitely about. don't have the release date for uh, <clears throat> yeah. US. Well, why you guys verify that? I was gonna say, yeah, you got to remember these games are. Uh, I mean, they're. I, th- I feel like yeah, they're ultimately for uh, Musu fans, right? Yeah. The, yeah. the people who like those games, and so now they get a chance to play maybe a franchise they've either heard about or, or maybe they're into, but it brings like. I don't know, a chance to try something new. I feel like that's the main reason when we see this stuff, less so that the team sat down and was like, hey, what kind of new Persona game are we going to make? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be a puzzle game? Is it going to be a, a Musa game? Is it going to be a, what? I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't yeah. you feel like it... I, I actually kind of wonder if... Um, 
uh, who's uh, well, Alice is making this, right? No, Alice is just publishing. Oh, they're just licensed. so they're probably it, writing it. I would su- assume. Who's, but, oh, that's right. So who, it's a Mega Force people who make all the other Warriors right. games. So yeah. yeah, but I think they probably approach folks right and are like, "Hey, we were thinking of yeah, this cross like half their business is licensed stuff." Exactly. Like, so I think they yeah, exactly they have a whole division of people who are like, "Let's do Persona." Yeah. So I think it's more in that vein, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Persona Five Royal comes out in Japan next week. October 31st. Oh, my God. And spring 2020 in America. Yeah, spring. That's what I was thinking, April. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, there's a trailer for this out that looks pretty good. Arkwing, he, which Barrett mentioned earlier, asked a question. Persona 5 Scramble trailer was shown last night. I personally don't like the Warrior-style games. The trailer got me really hyped for the game. I have... I like the Persona-style look. The social element of the day is basically a sequel to Persona 5. Yeah, like all the other gameplay besides the combat stuff looks just like Persona 5. Yeah, and like itself. there's like a 2D platformer section that actually looked pretty cool. Yeah, it was interesting. And then, uh, yeah, like all of like the social hangouts and stuff like that. Like those are the moments that I'm really excited for. Uh, and then, again, maybe I will be more sold on this yeah. gameplay uh, just because it's Persona. And maybe the gameplay loop this time around will finally click with me. Yeah, for me, like it's contingent on the writing holding up. If the writing holds up, then yeah, yeah I'll love all that that stuff so they did ask you barry that question of like how you feel about it but they also asked for the host had there ever been a game you were feeling meh about based on information given beforehand but ended up liking afterwards be it trailers or actually playing it yourself love and respect to all you that kind of funny arcwing i did not read this question beforehand so i'm definitely <laughs> not prepared like tons of games though um i mean there's like a bunch for me i remember i made fun of near for a very long time because mm. like what well, like square enix is doing this a really fucking dumb thing but I played it, and I was like, oh, this is actually one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah, um, CDJ Gamer in the chat actually brings up a good one. Mario plus Rabbids. Oh, yeah. Mario plus Rabbids, when that game leaked, all of us were like, what yeah. the fuck are y'all doing? For sure. And then that was, the year that that came out, uh, that was one of my favorite games that year. Yeah, no it was kidding. so good. Like, when they showed that thing with the princess rabbit, I'm like, oh, God. Oh, yeah, that was awful. Don't, what, what are they oh, doing? God. But the gameplay, though, yeah. fucking rad. Actually, uh, I feel like it was a long, you know, it is a long time ago, but I almost feel like when I was previewing Animal Crossing or at the t- I just didn't, we didn't know quite what to expect. Uh, I feel like that was one of them. And it like, obviously, like by the time we knew all the info and it hit, you're like, this game is so cool. I feel like I reviewed the import version, but mm-hmm. I may or may not be right. That my, I drew back in my mind as far back as I could go. And I feel like that was one of them. Like we saw all these weird like, what do you do? Like, you just <laughs> send each other mail in this little town. And yeah. it's on GameCube at the time. And it was an import game that I got on GameCube. And um, a lot of preview coverage because that's what I was doing at IGN at the time. And I think I remember I'd be like, I don't, I don't know who this game's for. And then I got a hold of it. And I was like, this is pretty cool. <laughs> so that, that probably is my pick. I thought Resident Evil 4 was going to suck shit when I first oh. saw it. I'm like, why are they making an action Resident Evil? Do they, not, do they not understand what this I, series is? And I played it, and it's legitimately one of the best games of all time. Yeah, I remember maybe feeling that way a little bit, and then uh, I think it was Matt Casamassina, who at the time you know, was running IGN GameCube with me, got to play it. And I think I didn't. I feel like he came back and was like raving about it, mm-hmm. and I got super excited just based on that. Yeah. So, so basically, don't always make a judgment because you have no yeah, idea. Yeah, you can't play it. Speaking of judgments, we do know about the Conan O'Brien and Death Stranding thing. Conan O'Brien put up a thing yesterday where he showed he was at Kojima Studios and he... Apparently in Death Stranding. Yeah, he was modeled and voice acted for an appearance of Death Stranding. We can't... I don't want to discuss this news story because we might verge into talking about the game. Yeah. 
So Which, uh, yeah, as a reminder, right, yeah. the review comes out, uh, I think, uh, November 1st. That's the embargo when they go wide at 12.01 a.m. Pacific time. Um, you know, we are playing the game, and that's the extent of what we yeah. can say. We will have Im- impressions next week's games cast. Yeah, but, you know, if you watch the segment, uh, we now know Conan's in the game. Yeah. Uh, I actually thought it might have been a joke at first. Like, yeah. Like, no, I, Kojima confirmed it on Twitter. He's like, yeah, and he gives you a... You can read what Kojima he said on Twitter about it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. See, we want to be make sure we get the quote because I'm right. like I'm veering very close to an but, impression. Uh, but the thing that struck me is they actually showed this little moment of gameplay with um, uh, with uh, the main character crawling up the hill. Yeah. And they're like, "This is a game, like a delivery game." And I was like, "Okay." I would watch a segment. So if you're curious about Death Stranding, I would watch it. that segment. Check it out. All right. Moving on. Surprise, Dying Light is getting a Left 4 Dead 2 crossover. This is from Eurogamer by Wesley Yinpool. Techland's four-and-a-half-year-old zombie kill-em-up, Dying Light, is getting a surprise crossover with Valve's 10-year-old zombie kill-em-up, Left 4 Dead 2. The announcement was made over at the Dying Light Twitter alongside an image showing Left 4 Dead 2-style weapons raised and ready for action. It's a surprise crossover, but a welcome one, and it's worth remembering both games remain popular on Steam, where they're in the top 100 games by the current player count. Left 4 Dead 2 is fast approaching its 10-year anniversary, and during that time, whispers of Left 4 Dead 3 have popped up, but so far have failed to result in a sequel. Could Valve have a surprise up its sleeve? I'm going to go ahead and answer no, probably not. So what do you think? What, for what reason would they have this sudden thing for a f- nearly 5-year-old game from a 10-year-old game? Uh, I assume it's more about the, yeah, I'm not, I'm not as, uh, much of an expert on the story, but I think because of the 10th anniversary, they were looking for things to do, maybe? Maybe, yeah. Like, I kind of want to feel like that way. They're not new to this sort of thing. Left 4 Dead has appeared as crossovers in other games, like Mm -hmm. the PC version of Resident Evil 6, you could play Mercenaries mode with the Left 4 Dead cast. Yeah. So it's it's not new, but it's, I find it interesting that this all came up all of a sudden, especially considering Dying Light 2 comes out next year. So if they wanted to just wait, I don't think anyone would have minded. Yeah, I guess so. But wait, so wait, just for clarity, mm-hmm. where is it? Which game is this crossover appearing in? So this is Do appearing we, in Dying Light. It is, yes. but current Dying Light, not not like Dying Light saying. Two. That's what I thought. Just making sure I had that right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I almost again, I feel like there's almost this this tenth anniversary thing, and they looked at the top Steam games like. Um, yeah, I don't know. It makes a when, little bit of sense. When is the 10th anniversary, though? Of Left 4 Dead 2? Yeah. I'm not positive off the top of my head. Yeah, we'll have to ask Wesley Yin Pool over it. I know. It, gamer. Like, we're, we're taking that. I was about to say, I know it's 2009, but that obviously that doesn't help anywhere. Uh, it was November 17th, 2009. Okay. Yeah, so okay, a couple okay, of weeks. Okay, okay, that makes some sense, because if you want to save it, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, because I, I, was, I was thinking of, like... If the tenth anniversary was maybe next year, why not just wait for Dying Light? To, uh, Dying Light Two. Yeah, this is so weird. But even so, if the tenth anniversary is in a couple weeks, why does not? Why not just wait for? Dying yeah, Light 2? it's not like Left 4 Dead Two is so hot right now that they need yeah. to get on that. I'm curious if maybe that sets up something. Maybe there is a tease in that game for something else, be it Dying yeah. Light Two or a new Left 4 Dead. Honestly, I put. Could be 1,200 that. hours in Left 4 Dead 2. <clears throat> oh, like, wow. I could go for some more at some point. There you go. But th- that is so far away, Fran. It really is. If I wanted to know what is coming to the mom and grop shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah. 
Out today, Dark Devotion is coming out on PS4 and Switch. Cat Quest 2 The Lupus Empire is on PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Ghost Blade HD is out on Switch. Door Kickers Action Squad is out on PS4. Lethus Path of Progress is out today on Switch. Creepy Brawler is out on Switch. Oxlogic Puzzle 1000 is out on Switch. Haunted Halloween 95 is out on Switch. Dark Veer is out on Switch. Ant Hill is out on Switch. Winter Sports Game is out on Switch. Vortex Attack EX is out on Switch. Rise of the Slime is out on PC. Potion Pause is out on PC and Mac. And Alpha is out on PC. New dates. We talked about a bunch of those delays. Watch Dogs, Legion, Last of Us 2, Gods of Monsters, Rainbow Six, Quarantine, all have been delayed. I want to also point out that Bloody Harvest, the free seasonal update for mm-hmm. uh, Borderlands 3, is available today, mm-hmm. uh, 3 p.m. Pacific time, I believe. So, so to start that, do I just like I have to find monsters in the world somewhere or what? You know, it's one of those I don't know if I'm under embargo until 3 p.m. Really? I, 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 would, I would protect yourself. Yeah, right. just, yeah be safe. But, but, we can look it up but, online. But we actually, sorry, you know what, we talk about this a lot. You lose track about what you talked about on the show versus... Um, to be fair, versus, the only reason I know this is yeah. because I saw it read in a story. So at least that part of you find monsters out there and they give you yeah. some currency. There actually is it, but we, we talked about it on the latest Borderlands show, the first show we ever did. And so long story short, there's tears in the world yeah. that kind of add this uh, instability to you. you. And so um, you have to fight against that. And that's part of what the event is. And, and yeah, there's new loot. There's new legendary mm-hmm. weapon. There's a trailer and there's like a whole new area. Uh, there's um, rack lanterns you know, so racks flying around with like pumpkin heads. Oh, and, Mario World style. Exactly. So yeah. it's, uh, it's really cool looking. Definitely, you're going to want to check it out if you're a Borderlands fan, and it's free. Deal of the day: There's a f- if you buy five dollar box of food at Taco Bell or using the app, you get a 14 day trial of Game Pass Ultimate. According to Wario 64, if you turn on recurrent billing, it gets you an extra month, so 44 days total. So if you're looking for a a chalupa or b the Outer Worlds, this is a good option to do that real quick. We got some reader mail too, Fran, but before we get to that, we need to shout out our sponsors a little bit. Indeed. Third Love is sponsoring Kind of Funny Games Daily today. Nearly all of the Kind of Honeys are wearing Third Love bras, and you should too. Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz. Design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. Third Love offers more than 80 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes. Skip the trip. Find your fit with Third Love's online fit finder, order, and try on at home. No more, no more awkward fitting room experiences. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, return it, and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. Third Love's team of expert fit stylists are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit. Fit stylists are available every day to help via text, chat, or phone. And returns or exchanges are free. They're very easy. Hands down the most comfortable bra you'll ever own, and straps that won't slip, and tagless labels with no itching. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra out there for everyone, so right now, they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com games now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com games for 15% off today. We're also brought to you by Upstart. As most of us have found out the hard way, getting into debt is easy. Getting out is hard, especially if your credit score isn't great. Thankfully, now there's Upstart.com, the revolutionary lending platform that knows you're more than just your credit score and offers smaller interest rates to help you pay off the high-interest credit card debt. 
Upstart goes beyond the traditional credit card sc- or credit score when assessing your credit worthiness. They actually reward you based on your education and job history in the form of smarter interest rates. You've heard it before. When Greg moved to SF, he took out a loan, and his interest rate was garbage. This probably would have helped him. Upstart believes you're more than just your credit score. They believe you, and they understand that. Make, sh- make it fast, simple, and easy to check your rate in just a few minutes. The best part? Once the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their, phones the ver- their funds the very next business day. The next day, Fran. Free yourself from the burden of high-interest credit card debt by consolidating everything into one monthly payment with Upstart. See why Upstart is ranked number one in their category with over 300 businesses on Trustpilot. And hurry to upstart.com slash kfgames to find out how low your Upstart rate is. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes and won't affect your credit. That's upstart.com slash kfgames. Fran? Yes, sir. David Scott wrote in, say, hey, Tim, Ron, and Fran. On Tuesday, you guys discussed the differences between AAA and indie studios and how they shouldn't be held to different, uh, to different standards. Yeah. I work for the largest educational game studio, but I'm constantly conflicted in telling people I work for a AAA studio. I work, I'm curious how you two each, in your own words, would describe what AAA means in the industry. Would you consider companies that don't make mainstream games AAA, even if they are some of the highest-grossing game studios? Thanks for bringing awesome content to Kind of Funny. David Scott, a.k.a. Demon Waffle. So we nice. talked about this the other day. We were talking about Outer Worlds of, like, maybe that's what double-A means. Maybe it's not fair, or maybe it's completely fair to, like, hold it to the same standards of a Fallout, New Vegas, or whatever. Yeah. What would you say is actually, like, we use the word triple-A or the term triple-A quite a bit in that discussion. Yeah. How would you define triple-A? Yeah, usually for me it is uh, start, I guess I want to pick my order of operations. Honestly, starting with pedigree i feel like you can't say something's triple a until you've got some like stuff out the door or a pedigree right so maybe you're forming a triple a studio right but you've got the pedigree the creator of halo the creator whatever and the second piece i believe you need in my opinion curious to see what you think is definitely the funding and the size mm-hmm. so you know if you're you're not in my opinion you might have whatever the creator of halo and you've got a team of 12 people yeah and you're working on a game and you only have so much funny but that's like that's this not a triple A like triple A game. It's an indie game. Exactly, I'd call that an indie studio yeah. with um, you know a, cr- a creator with pedigree. So definitely big team sizes, a lot of budget, big marketing budget, as well um, as the pedigree. Right or to be triple A. But that like, it gets kind of confusing because like let's say take Nintendo as an example. I would classify Breath of the Wild as a triple A game, yep. even if it costs like if it did hypothetically cost less than God of War or whatever. Oh yeah. But like, it still costs a lot. Yeah, but at the same time, like, <laughs> I don't consider every Nintendo game a triple A game because they don't put like. Right, that's triple A game versus a studio, though. Yeah. So are we? I think we can, a we, can both, we can get into both definitions. Okay. But like, I would say Nintendo overall is a triple A studio. But for example, what would we call Luigi's Mansion if we consider it a Nintendo published game? That comes from next level games. Well, no, and that's precisely it. We know it's not uh, as big of a team and it's not like a triple A game, so to speak. Like, yeah, I I wouldn't necessarily say Luigi's Mansion is triple A. And what that means, again, is the amount, to me, the amount of money, the amount of talent and time you're sinking into it. So the next Breath of the Wild is going to get a ton. Luigi's Mansion is looking good, but it's not like it has the resources that the Breath of the Wild team has. I mean, it's it's like that old comment. Yeah, it's like that old legal comment about pornography of, I don't. I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. 
<laughs> so like I can't define for you what AAA is, but if you told me if you put Outer Worlds and Fallout Four next to each other, even though they're very similar kinds of games, I'd be like, well, this one's not AAA and this one is, and we can start getting into more definitions of like private divisions and indie label, and Bethesda's a big ass game studio, yeah. So like that might be part of it, but yeah, an it, indie yeah. label can work for a AAA publisher, right? So. And like that doesn't division, mean they're yeah. getting all that money and resource, right? It's right. It, they're they're part of Take Two, or they're legally like, distinct from Take Two. It's a big fucking exactly. Thing. Yeah. yeah, like actually recently, right? Like Rad was released by Double Fine, um, who I would actually <laughs> they make. Yeah, they almost make like double A games, and they're a I Microsoft like. Studio, but now. they're a smaller studio. And yeah, you, like your <laughs> what your comment resonates now. Where I'm like, yeah, I love what they make. Do you call them triple A games? Is that a snide? If you don't, right. it gets complicated. But the truth is, like, we love Double Fine games, but they're not as big as, like, uh, 343. Right. It's just, that's a fact. So, AAA studio versus a more <laughs> indie-driven type studio. Like, you would say Double Fine's a little yeah. more indie, right? I would say they so. They still got pretty good resources. But yeah. It's not, like, nothing compared to 343. Now they're under Microsoft, though. Yeah. Yes. But again, AAA <laughs> publisher versus two. So this is exactly. Mm. It was a good question. Mm. Yeah. Which Obsidian also under Microsoft. So it's a it's a different or difficult thing too. Of like, I would say, I don't know. Like Remedy is a are not a AAA studio, but like I wouldn't say Control is a AAA game. But I'd have a hard time defining what you what you would call it because there is a it's decent double A game. Yeah. It's a it's a double A game. It's essentially. Funny. I, I can tell you personally, I almost never use the term double A. But if you were, yeah, forcing me in a situation like this. What do you call double A batteries then, friend? (laughs) I said I don't say double A A batteries. I do call them double A batteries. But anyway, uh, in other words, you get into like rating a quality of the game versus rating the quality and pedigree and budget of the studios. And it's it's a whole big mess. That's what my point was. I know a triple A game and a triple A studio when I see it. Yeah. That's easy. When you get into it, that's an A studios, <laughs> a B studios, a double A, it's a B minus. Like, where? Okay. Like, let's just, for me personally, it's triple A or not. Yeah. That term resonates. I feel like everything else, it does get complicated. So, what? Like, let's just get away from it. If you're not triple A, you're just not. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad thing. Uh, just might mean your budget and your pedigree. And, and yeah. again, it, might it also gets confusing when you start talking about like indie publishers <laughs> like Devolver. And stuff like that. Like, yeah. are they still an indie studio or indie right. thing when they're publishing? Making fit? my brain hurt. Like, what's <laughs> Kojima Productions, right? Like, yeah. Technically, they're an indie developer. Studio. They're not owned by Sony. See, that's what, yeah. Again, my definition, no. They're Technically, Bungie's an, Bungie's an indie developer. Yeah, they're both AAA publishers. Yeah. <laughs> Kojima brings the pedigree, and they sure seem to have a lot of money right yeah. now. But we'll see where that goes. Speaking of Devolver, we talked a little bit yesterday about how, like, Suda 51 and Square A65 announced a new game yeah. that Devolver is publishing, and they gave him a million dollars for it. Yeah, and Devolver confirmed to PC Gamer, yeah, we've never heard of this. So it was, like, just a drunk stream? I guess. <laughs> but, like, I mean, like now Devolver, like, has tweeted at Square A saying, hey, can you send us an actual pitch? Because we're interested, but... And, and they didn't give them a million dollars then. I guess not. Like, but Square A's like, God, now I have to make concept art. So maybe this is all one big bit. Could but be, it's man. still hilarious, and I'm enjoying every second of watching it's it. Catching news headlines. Yeah. <laughs> Chad Betteridge writes in, good morning, Frim Fran. I'm not sure I appreciate that one, but sure. By the way, I just realized the best celebrity combo here for you is Timrin. Yeah. You and Tim. I don't know if that's been used yet. <laughs> it's, it's pretty much ex- like exclusively used by the questions. They no, decided, never They decided on Timrin Kettys. Well, I'm not that original then. I like Imran personally. I know 
Kevin has some problems with it. Yeah. Frim Fran. All right. WWE 2K20? WWE 2K20 is out, and it's a hilarious glitch-ridden disaster. Now that it's easier than ever to put... Bef- or ever before to put an undercooked game on blast by posting unintentionally funny content online, do you think major studios and or publishers will ever learn their lesson and stop rushing game development? Or, horror of horrors, will their takeaway be that a broken game gets more attention due to memification and they can just fix it later after a price drop? Cheers from Chad Betteridge. So I kind of reject the premise of the question a little bit. I don't think it's that the game was necessarily rushed or at least it wasn't a take or 2k decision or the developer's decision i think it's you got to put out a wwe game every year because wwe says this yeah yeah it's hard for me to believe that 2k faced with the reality of what this is uh so buggy insane i've honestly i would have never guessed it could be as bad as it seemingly is i haven't played it Mm -hmm. but it's getting horrible scores i saw more clips of like I mean, these are bugs that you just don't normally see, yeah. you know, in... In a polished game. From AAA publishers, right? Yeah. So, anyway, I, I can't believe that 2K would want to let out the door. I think you hit the nail on the head, which is, like, contractually, they're like, we have to do this. And and somehow it all... The ball was dropped. Mm-hmm. I don't know how Yuke's uh, got out of the contract. I don't know how it got past the torch to I visual, don't or if they wanted yeah. that, and they screwed up the time, like... Yeah. Or if... The, you know what I mean? I, don't th- I think Yuke's got fired. Because they, you think they were doing a bad job already? No, I think they made a comment l- earlier in the summer about, hey, uh, we're working on another wrestling game because wrestling games we work on don't let us do what we want to do. And it seems like Take-Two or 2K got upset like, with that. Peeled the code out of their hands and tried to make do with it? Yeah. But the thing is, it's using Uke's engine. So they had to make do with an engine that they, they didn't build. no idea what they're doing. Yeah, that was already kind of bad. So I was I was watching footage of this game last night. And it, looks, it looks awful in almost every way. Even when it's working correctly, it looks like a bad game. But to answer Chad Betteridge's question of like, do you think publishers will ever learn their lesson about it? I, I don't think any publisher ever wants to put out a bad video game. No, of course not. Yeah. yeah. But somebody made a bad decision. Maybe you're right. It's crazy to me to think that maybe the game was going to be pretty decent or good, right? Yeah. And, and got peeled out of their hands at the last minute, and now it's like a uh, freaking garbage truck fire. I think and there were conversations probably That's way worse yeah. than letting Ukes maybe take advantage of them, right. isn't it? The, I'm I mean, stuck the, on that thought now, which is like if I don't that's think they were taking happened, advantage. I think Ukes wanted out because they've been doing this forever. Yeah, but the game was almost done if what you say is right. You yeah. Know what I mean, like if it just happened. I think you got fired for saying they were working on another wrestling game themselves. Yeah. Oh, you're exactly. You're stealing, blah, blah, blah. Or, you're or like taking advantage you can't of the be working on something else. That yeah. We, yeah. So you don't, we're going to take that. But that would have, you have to do that years ago, not mm-hmm. this year. So we, we don't know what really happened. But but yeah, I. It's bad. I expect for this kind of thing that they don't like the social media look of this game. Like the meme, the memification is not helping them at all. No, I'm sure. I have heard there were conversations at 2K about, like, what if we recall this thing? We Contractually, we can't. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I think the answer to the question is nobody wants to, mm-hmm. and it's way more complicated than you think. To get – even at the WWE, they don't want this. But yeah. contractually, how do you get all the people in the room and all like, – there's a lot going on at both of these companies and, like, hey, we're actually going to just cancel WWE 20. Yeah. How do you get everybody together and make that marketing engine and all work? Or we're going to delay it. Anyway, it would be super complicated and I think they 
some bad decisions are made along the way, and this happens sometimes, which I mean, is really bad. The unfortunate Rico, to see yeah. for the the fans and even the studio. It's not yeah. like Visual Concepts is a horrible studio, right? Yeah. This is now that taints their name. They got to be super bummed. I'm sure they did the best with the time and resources they were available to them, but yeah, that that got super fucked up. And like the recall thing has happened before. EA famously, I want to say, it was NBA 2K11, or not 2K, sorry, uh, NBA Live 11. They released the game. It leaked out a couple of days before, and YouTube videos went off about how this is such a glitchy mess. And in game stores, yeah. they had to send the game back. I think even I though it was like, already like in the back of GameStops and Best Buys mm-hmm. already. So like it's not unheard of, but I think if they if it were an option to them, they probably would have availed themselves of it. Yeah. Well, let's hope they stick with it and get it fixed up, especially for those that did buy the game um, and decide to keep it or whatever. Um, On the other hand, well, I feel sorry for people who bought six, bought this game for sixty bucks. Like you shouldn't do that. Like at this point, you should know then to buy this game. <laughs> From that's, a social, from if a, you're very well connected, Emran. Come on, that's like a, okay. It's no. easy to say in our position. If but you like, are if hearing you've been this, buying these games for the last five years, would you expect this? If you are hearing me say this now, you shouldn't buy that game. But <laughs> I think, from <laughs> my perspective, as somebody who is on social media, the terrible glitchy WWE 2K20 is a better result than an actual good game. Because an actual good game, I'd be like, all right, that's cool. It's neat for fans to have that. But for me, seeing this shit on social media all the time is hilarious. <laughs> Plenty of entertainment. All right. Time to squat up. We got Gabriel Williams, who is asking on Twitch and PS4. He is scared nerds on Twitch, Dragon King 99 on PS4. Hi, Imfran. On Friday, October 25th, a remake of one of my favorite games of all time, Medieval, is coming out. I'm so excited. I took the day off work so my friends can stream a full play through the game to celebrate. We're planning on starting at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Central. It'd be cool if some best friends could drop by and check it out. It'll be on Twitch.tv Scared Nerds or on the PS4 user DragonKing99. I hope to see you all Friday. For the future, I'd prefer like, if we get uh, squad ups that are more about like squatting up to play a game. But like, I would... This guy, I didn't ever say that out right, so this guy, it's fine for yeah. now. But for the future, let's do that. Yeah, right, but it would be good to drop by if you're playing. Yeah, hopefully hit up Dragon King 99 on PS4, but if you want to watch this game, sure. Yeah. yeah. maybe. Let's go to You're Wrong, where people have told us the entire show, Fran, what we've been getting wrong. Uh, Did Barrett write in about our timing today? <laughs> our timing? I was wondering if Barrett sweat. No, I've right just over been uh, I've just been doing this throughout <laughs> your entire fucking WWE two uh, K. Exactly. Yeah, I think we got to wrap. Soon oh shit! Right? I didn't actually <laughs> look at the time at all. Uh, That's okay. So nah, I appreciate it though. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Anything big? Since yeah, we got to wrap it up. Right? A lot of these we corrected ourselves. So Persona Five Rail releases on October thirty first. Did we, we did that, that already? Yeah. That, I mean, honestly, we didn't get that much wrong. Or stuff that we got wrong, we corrected ourselves. Cool. Yeah, okay, yeah. I think we're good. There. we got to rush out anyway. Yep. But tomorrow's host is going to be me and Tim. But today you can find... Timrin. Yeah, it'll be Timrin. But it'll be also Infran and Timrin tonight, or today on Gamescast, which you can watch live on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Uh, if you are a subscriber, you can watch us live, or you can hear us tomorrow on the podcast. We're also joined by Kat Bailey of US Gamer. Everyone else will be able to hear it Monday. I believe we're talking about Outer Worlds a bit more today. I guess so. But we'll see. Uh, that's it for today. Fran, thank you for coming. Always a pleasure. Always Bye, a pleasure.